baseball is back with a bang. Your Texas Rangers win 11-7 in their season debut in one of the wildest opening day games we've seen in a long time. We have Jacob deGrom nonsense, offensive nonsense, and all kinds of nonsense happening in this Texas Rangers win. We're going to break down all of that and more on this episode of Locked on Rangers. Let's get into it. You are Locked on Rangers. Your daily Texas Rangers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are locked on to the Texas Rangers. I'm Bryce Patrick, a cripplingly addicted Texas Rangers fan since 2010, the founder and host for all four seasons, all five seasons of this Locked On Rangers podcast. Thank you all so much for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every single day. If you're not already, you can follow us. Follow me on Twitter at Bryce Patrick. You can follow the show at Locked On Rangers. Subscribe on YouTube, where the best way you can help grow the show is to comment nearly any single thing below. Before we get into this absolutely buck wild bonkers opening day game this episode is brought to you by the game time app download the game time app create an account use code locked on mlb for 20 dollars off your first purchase last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed oh my goodness what an absolutely bonkers first game of baseball for these texas rangers to play in the bruce bochy jacob Degrom, nathan eovaldi era it was a wild 11 to 7 win that had all kinds of twists and turns and there is just so much to get into in this one but i feel like we should go ahead and start with the fact that the rangers are above 500 for the first time since august 15th 2020 That is the last time this team had a winning record. They got really close to it at the end of May last season. They're right at 500, and then boom, losing streak, never even sniffed 500 again. The Rangers, right now, for the next, I don't know, hour or so until the until the Astros either win or lose and the late night games happen in the AL West, Texas Rangers for at least a couple hours are sitting on top of the AL West standings. It has been a long time since that has happened. And man, what a glorious day. And it feels like they deserve it after this buck wild game, but we're going to start with the starting and we're going to start with the starting pitching in Jacob DeGrom. Man, what an absolutely immaculate, not literally immaculate first inning, but I mean, it was beautiful. It was breathtaking. It was artwork. It was mastery of a craft. Jacob DeGrom versus Trey Turner, the hottest hitter in the world versus the best pitcher in baseball. It was everything you want, and it was over in three pitches. Good morning, good afternoon, good night. See you later, Trey Turner. You can't touch this. Ending... With 100 miles an hour, it's just oh, it's just absolutely beautiful. Excuse me. Starting with 100 miles an hour, ending with a 90-something mile an hour slider. And then, of course, later on, finishing the inning with 101 miles an hour, painting the outside corner like a Rembrandt masterpiece and ending that perfect inning. And, well, kind of got rough a little bit after that for Jacob DeGrom, the Rangers' new ace. Finishes the day with three and two-thirds innings pitched, six hits, five runs, all of which were earned, no walks, seven strikeouts, and one home run. The line does not look good. The Rangers' bullpen and the offense were able to pick him up in this one. That last run was allowed to score via 
Cole Reagans who came in in relief in this one. You may have forgotten that Cole Reagans was the one who came in relief. He also gets the win if you care about those sort of things in this game. But that's, it feels like so long ago that Cole Reagans pitched in this game because so many different things happened. We had an, a beautiful first inning, a little bit out of control, second inning with a double and then an opposite field home run by Alec Bohm, the third baseman for the Philadelphia Phillies, a guy who has not hit a whole lot of home runs in his career, a guy who has a lot of power, a lot of extra base hits, but has not been lifting the ball in his career. He lifts the ball. He lifts it very well into the opposite field, um, the Rangers bullpen in right field as a right-handed hitter, gives the Phillies a 2-0 lead, and their ace was absolutely dominant in this one until that fateful fourth inning where the Rangers really broke it up. And it was a really good performance from Aaron Nola. Ends the day with a not-so-great line, three and two-thirds innings, four hits, five runs, all of which were earned, four strikeouts, a dinger, and two walks. That dinger, I believe, was his last action of the day because the Rangers, while they were down 5 nothing, headed into the bottom of that fourth inning, they dropped a nine spot, the most runs they have scored in an opening day game in a single inning specifically and it was they just they scored every which way which I think was my favorite part of the offense we'll get into that in just a second but the pitching Jacob deGrom I'm not really worried about Jacob deGrom at all and I don't think you should be even the slightest bit I mean you look at the baseball savant page for this game you look at the top five pitches in terms of velocity in this game you have Jacob deGrom 101 miles an hour Jacob deGrom 100 miles an hour Jacob deGrom the next three 99.7 99.7 99.7 the guy looked like himself he led the game in swings and misses with 10 Brock Burke was second with nine um, and those are the only two Rangers in the top five there the Rangers exit velocities they were hitting the crap out of baseballs Corey Seager 109 miles an hour to lead the game and Brad Miller with his dinger who um, I do owe Brad Miller an apology later on in the show was coming off the bat at 108 miles per hour. But a lot of these hits, they were extra base hits and kind of in a weird way, a back-to-back triple situation, which I don't think I've seen back-to-back triples in maybe ever in, in Major League game. It's, if I have, it's maybe been once in my lifetime. But in the third inning... The Phillies start off with back-to-back triples from their number nine hitter and Trey Turner, who comes back after getting absolutely just embarrassed, frankly, by Jacob deGrom in his first at-bat, which, again, we've all been embarrassed by Jacob deGrom, those who have stepped into a batter's box against him. I, I have not, so I have not been embarrassed. Um, so in that regard, in that regard only, I am better than Trey Turner. But he got his revenge with a triple to drive in Brandon Marsh to give the Phillies a 3 nothing lead, but... That triple was so weird. It is, it's partially because of Trey Turner's absolutely elite speed, which is why they signed him. But it's also just partially where the ball was placed. It was not hit hard. It was came off the bat at 69 miles an hour, a nice exit velocity, but not one that it was necessarily very hard hit. And the expected batting average on that specific type of hit with that launch angle and all of those metrics was a 140 expected batting average. And that that goes into be a triple and score another run. Um, and then, of course, it's followed up with a JT Realmuto RBI double that came off the bat even slower than that at 61 miles an hour. Um, not necessarily the hardest hit balls, but they were just finding places. Now, when we came in to the fourth inning, that's when Jacob Graham actually started getting lit up by 
Hard Hit Balls by Alec Bohm, by Jake Cave, Brandon Marsh, Kyle Schwarber, all of those guys, everyone who made contact in that inning um, made really, really hard contact. Um, and that was what ended up being the day for Jake DeGrom. Coming up, we're going to look at that super weird third inning and why I don't blame Jacob DeGrom. I actually blame Rob Manfred for the nonsense that happened there. But first, this episode is brought to you by the Game Time app. Buying tickets for your favorite events should not be stressful. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun you're going to have. If you want to go to another Rangers game or a Rangers game this weekend, you can check them out on Saturday and Sunday. I think they're going to be a lot of fun. We'll see Zach Wheeler versus Nathan Eovaldi on on Saturday, that should be a very, very fun matchup as well. And you know, the Game Time app is the perfect place to go get them. Forget the months of planning. Game Time guarantee means you will always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 100, 110% the difference. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use code of Locked On MLB for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code Locked On MLB for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Now, the Rangers' offense was really great in the fourth inning, but in that third inning, there was some bad vibes, some bad juju by just bringing in Rob Manfred to sing his praises about, oh my gosh, this game is going to be so fast. Oh my gosh, look at all these spring training games, and the broadcast just grinded to an absolute halt. The Bally Sports people do a a fine job. Dave Raymond does a great job as the play-by-play guy, but it was just so dreadfully painful watching them just sit there and sing the praises of Rob Manfred while that very same inning they were having issues with the pitchcom uh, technology and still singing the praises of how great pitchcom is which again I think it is pretty great but it's it's kind of ironic maybe read the room when you're having a 5 10 however long the delay was it felt like quite a while and it felt even more painful um, with having to listen to Rob Manfred talk about how he's saving baseball which he isn't because he doesn't even really care about the game wait it's fine it's fine. We don't need to even go there. But I am blaming that third inning and Jacob deGrom getting all out of sorts and bad on bad vibes from old Papa Rob, as my friends refer to him. Uh, and I roll my eyes in disgust literally every single time. But it's not Jacob deGrom. It is the bad vibes from Commissioner Rob Manfred that made that third inning go astray. But everything went right in the fourth inning and everything right for the Texas Rangers offense. It was a team effort, a very much depth of the lineup showing up and showing out. I was a little frustrated when I saw Brad Miller in the lineup hitting eighth as your DH when you know, Mitch Garver is literally right there sitting on the bench, just waiting to use his massive, massive bat. How many, how many 30 homer seasons has, has Brad Miller had as a catcher to win the silver slugger in under a hundred games? It's spoiler alert. It's, it's none, but Mitch Garver has done that. I know he had an underwhelming season last year, but he still performed better in the limited time who was also hurt as Brad Miller. So I thought, okay, you got to try out your best guys there, but Bruce Bochy, or Chris Young, or whoever was setting this lineup, 
knew something about having Brad Miller in there to deliver a two-run homer to kind of seal the insurance after a nine-run inning. But that nine-run inning was absolutely massive, and it came from the entire offense, not just that top three in the lineup, which, again, is absolutely fantastic and one of the best top threes in baseball, but it was the middle third. It was everybody in there doing their part. Adolis Garcia coming up with... um, clutch at bats and Josh Young I think his walk to load the bases for Jonah Heim who would start off the scoring with a two-run double just over the head of the first baseman I think that walk was really really huge Young really struggled last year when he first came up to the majors he's a guy who throughout his minor league and college career has been a very very patient hitter a very measured guy guy who has a plan knows what he's doing and is not going to let you get him out of his head and he he got a little bit out of his head um in his short stint in the big leagues of 26 games last year and a lot of different prospect lists or uh, baseball perspectives in in particular which you know I've I've given Grant plenty of of shade for that <laughs> um really dropped him down and a lot of people thought oh well is this is this the guy who he is is he really going to be able to even hit for power or have a really good approach but he took six straight pitches including two of them for called strikes which I don't think were strikes there was a generous zone but it was consistent at least and I do appreciate that about the home plate umpire but Josh Young said nope this is a big spot we have one out and runners on the corners I am going to trust the rest of my lineup and not swing the bat and let Jonah Heim go and pull a Heim time and come up with a clutch clutch hit and that's exactly what Jonah Heim did and he didn't try and do too much. He didn't try and pull it over the fence. He just lined it right over the first baseman's head. Derek Hall was the first baseman listed at 6-4. And Reese Hoskins, you might remember, is the normal first baseman for the Philadelphia Phillies. He is also 6-4. I went and looked this up because it was it was literally just over the glove of Derek Hall. I wasn't quite sure how tall he was. And I thought, oh, maybe I knew Reese Hoskins was pretty tall. And I thought maybe if Reese Hoskins was there, he would have made that catch. I don't know. Neither of them are necessarily stellar defensive first baseman. But um, just... An interesting thing to think about, but Jonah Heim in early season, like he did last year, showing up and showing out. I remember he had a big game, a big series in Toronto to start the season. And then Robbie freaking Grossman with the swing of the night. Who thought that was going to happen from your number seven hole hitter after... A couple of not great plays in right field. Again, I don't love his arm in right field. I think having a Dulles out there in right field um, is a lot better. And letting Robbie Grossman just be there in left field was not necessarily the fleetest of foot in the outfield. And a lot of extra base hits for these Phillies that I think a slightly better arranged defensive outfield would have saved. But he made up for it. A 2-0 fastball from the ace of this Phillies staff, Aaron Nola, was left up there. And it does it is not 99, 100, 101 miles an hour like Jacob DeGrom. So you can't just blow it by, guys. And Robbie Grossman, who had a fantastic spring, absolutely fantastic spring, not only working walks, but also hitting the ball over the fence occasionally, ended the spring with a pair of home runs and an 1,100 OPS. He took that ball and deposited it in the right field bullpen for a three-run shot. I believe that was what capped off the final scoring of that inning. Uh, No, excuse me. That was really just what set it off. That was the game-tying home run. But then, come up a little later, 
the thing that I really loved about this offense is that they were scoring in multiple different ways. They got their next run from a Nathaniel Lowe chopper right to the pitcher, just slowly hit a really nice attempt um, from the pitcher to get the force out at home, which was really his only play wasn't able to get it. That is Nathaniel Lowe, American League first base silver slugger to you. And Adoles Garcia working really great at bats. He has been much more patient in the spring and is translating in the regular season. He lined a single to the opposite field, to right field, and Nick Castellanos to score Corey Seager and Nathaniel Lowe and was out at second base on, um, I think, a kind of controversial call. But, you know, I didn't really get a good look at the replay. Neither of the Rangers, they decided not to challenge it, and that ended the inning. But it was enough to give the Rangers those nine runs, which was more than they would need to win this one. But they added some insurance runs and some pretty great defensive plays and um, a really great performance by the bullpen that we need to talk about. But first, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel. The tournament is heating up and there is no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. That's because right now FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to fanduel.com slash locked on and sign up today to claim your no sweat first bet. Then you can wager on everything from the money line to point spreads to which team will be cutting down the net all on an app that is safe, secure, and super easy to use. So don't miss your shot at a no sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to fanduel.com slash locked on to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel. Now this bullpen and these defensive changes, that is something that I absolutely love. It is game one of 162. The Rangers had a big lead and Bruce Bochy says, yep, I've seen the error, uh, not necessarily a literal error because the Rangers did not have any errors, but I've seen the error of this outfield and I'm going to make a change. It's going to look a little weird because it's going to be Bubba Thompson pinch hitting for Josh Smith, but... It is time to put Bubba Thompson in center field, time to put Adolis and his big old arm in right field and Robbie Grossman and his misadventures in right field earlier in the day. Put that in left field, have a little bit less uh, misadventures, more just regular adventures in left field. That is something that I really, really loved seeing um, in this game, managing it like it matters because every game matters because this team has playoff expectations. And like I said, in the Phillies crossover, this team needs to come out of the gates hot. They need to win. If you win the series against Philadelphia and then you win the series against Baltimore, you have a lot of really, really weak opponents in the first month of the season outside of Houston. And I believe there is one more difficult opponent. Maybe it's, maybe it's the Mariners. They have a series against, I can't remember. There's some other team that was also very good, but for the most part, it's against the likes of the Royals and the Reds and the bottoms of baseball. And so if you can win a series against this reigning NL champs team, then you need to. And frankly, the bullpen was also managed like it was a must-win game. Cole Reagan's coming in a little shaky out of the bullpen. He has not done that a whole lot in his career, so it's to be expected. Um, he did allow the inherited runner to score, but was able to get out of it without much more incident there. Allowed a hit and a walk. Did not strike anybody out in his one-third inning of work then. On comes Brock Burke, who does allow a run, but was able to get through two innings. Jonathan Hernandez comes in. He's able to get through two innings and allow a run as well. Burke had three strikeouts in this one and looked mostly pretty good. Looked like the Brock Burke last year, maybe not quite as completely dominant 
dominant. But again, this is a really dangerous Phillies lineup from top to bottom. And they added Trey Turner. I know they did lose their first baseman, Reese Hoskins, and there is no Bryce Harper at the moment, but it is still a very dangerous lineup. And so Brock Burke and Jonathan Hernandez both going two innings kind of showed, hey, this is a game we want to freaking win. We want to start off 1-0. It has been a long time since the Rangers have won on opening day. I believe it was it was 2020 they won. I know that they have only have two wins before today in their last 10 opening days. So the Rangers really wanted to start out on a good note with Jacob Grom, with Bruce Bochy in this new era with a lot of expectations. And then on comes Jose Leclerc in the ninth inning. A little bit of shakiness there. Of course, he had to... Had to make a sweat for it, and of course the final pitch was on a full count because that is the Jose Leclerc experience. But he came in, he shut the door down, and there was not a whole lot of drama. There was a little bit of drama in the defensive dramatic robbery by Bubba Thompson, a home run robbery in center field off the bat of Jake Cave, just absolutely smacked in that eighth I believe it was the eighth inning off of Jonathan. Yeah, top of the eighth inning with one out, a 2-0 pitch that was kind of left up there. Um, It was about to be deposited into the opposing bullpen, but here comes Bubba Thompson and his literally 80, 85, maybe even 90 grade speed. I know it only goes up to 80, but this guy is just so freaking fast, and he has very much improved his route running defensively. I like him in center field. I don't love his bat nearly as much as I like Josh Smith being in there. He had some pretty good at-bats today as well, or even getting Ezekiel Duran's bat in there. But being more aggressive with these defensive substitutions late in games, even in you know game one or game 11 or whatever, being more aggressive and taking the extra base it just seemed like this is a team that was much more possessed of you know it's it's so cliche and i hate saying it but it's it's accurate of just doing the right the little things well it is something that this team has not done well over the past few years and is i think part of why they were so bad in one run games last year and maybe it's the bruce bochy effect maybe it's just literally one game and i it's opening day and it is human nature to overreact but it just looked like a little bit of a different team. There are a lot of new faces here from the manager to most of the starting pitching staff to a few hitters as well. Um, But this looks like a team possessed, a different team, a group that is very focused on winning right now. And man, it was just so good to have baseball back from that first inning of DeGrom to a nine run bottom of the fourth inning from the offense gosh, I didn't realize how much I miss baseball. Even with the World Baseball Classic being as great as it was with spring training being back and yada, yada, yada. It's just, it just hits differently on opening day. The, the unbridled optimism, even from the most pessimistic, the, the ballpark mood, the air, the even the casualest of casuals being like, oh, is this a year? Is this a year I should tune into baseball? Is this going to be a fun team? Is it worth it for me to invest my time and my heart and my money and my emotions in this baseball team? Because it hasn't been for the last few years. And all of that hype that, uh, you know, the team, the marketing department, the front office, players, management, even media, even me on my own little podcast have been sunshine pumping since they signed Jacob deGrom and got Bruce Bochy and got an entirely new rotation. Uh, I was even doing so very cautiously. It kind of feels 
a little bit different. And, you know, this team may end up losing a billion games and maybe Jacob Gong is hurt and maybe everything goes to crap, but maybe it doesn't. Maybe this team does stay healthy. Maybe this rotation is as good as everyone has hoped. Maybe this offense just is a very deep and complete offense. And maybe Brad Miller's last year was just due to the injuries. Maybe Robbie Grossman does have kind of a bounce back and has closer to that 800-ish OBS season that he had with the Tigers in 2021 than what he did last year when he was not very great offensively. Maybe Mitch Garver is healthy. Maybe Jonah Heim is more the first half Jonah Heim than the second. Maybe Josh Young is the rookie of the year. Maybe this middle infield is the absolute star-studded middle infielder that we expected them to be. Maybe the bullpen was overlooked. Maybe they were overworked last year. Maybe they really are that good. Maybe Bruce Bochy has the absolute magic sprinkled dust to cast over all of this and fix all ailments and all sadness caused by baseball in this town over the last few years. I don't know. But man, does it feel good to have some opening day baseball back on my television. And man, do I love baseball. The stupidest, weirdest, most beautiful sport. You have two of the best pitchers in the entire planet. And it ends in a 7-11 game. Because why the heck not in a nine-run inning? Of course, coming from bloop singles and three-run homers from Robbie Grossman and um, massive opposite field shots from Brad Miller on good pitches from good relievers and great relief outings from the Rangers bullpen who needed to make up for a bad Jacob deGrom start. Like, what? I could not have scripted much weirder of a baseball game than the one we got today with pitch com issues. And, you know, it still ended up being only three hours and four minutes with four minutes, which honestly kind of felt a little bit like an eternity with what we've seen from these baseball games with pitch clocks but give me all of the baseball it's if it's gonna be this weird give me all the three-hour games if they're all gonna be this chaotic with this many pitching changes and turns and twists and random things happening um that i feel like i am forgetting so much of this game um because it was just such an absolutely wild one but man what a way to come back for this season what a way to kick it off get a whole day to just decompress and reset yourselves and find some zen before saturday's game of zach wheeler versus nathan Eovaldi. maybe brad miller will be back in that lineup and i will shut my freaking trap and he'll be uh the best dh eight hole hitter um this is my official apology to brad miller I tweeted out during the game that if your dh is hitting in eighth in your lineup then you should probably get a different dh but no no it's just because this lineup is so incredibly deep you couldn't possibly put the great robbie grossman any lower than the seventh hole of course you have the top three and adoles garcia being a completely different hitter um cory seager hitting 333 with a pair of walks and this one looks like him without the shift is just as much of a hitter's paradise as we expected it marcus Simeon with a multi-hit game maybe his slow start is not going to happen this year i was kind of hoping we could get a marcus Simeon home run in the opener so we don't have to do that whole thing we did last year of oh let's see how many you know 60 games or however long it took for him to get his first home run i'm sure that Corey seager will probably have his first home run of the season by the time they leave arlington maybe he'll even have his first two because again he freaking loves hitting in globe life field maybe marcus simeon can learn to hit well in globe life field this year the second year that it is his home but what a freaking day an 11 to 7 victory for your texas rangers the new era is here it feels different it's just one day 
But man, what a freaking day and what a freaking baseball game this was. Thank you all so much for listening all week. Episode number six of the week. Um, A lot of baseball happening. I will be out for the weekend in Houston seeing some friends and um, not watching any Astros games. Don't you worry about that. I'm not going to go to any Astros games. Maybe some college basketball games. But um, been a great week. So happy that baseball is back and so happy that y'all have been joining me making Locked On Rangers your first listen every single day. Now for your second listen, go check out Locked On Fantasy Baseball. Win your league by listening to Matt and Dom every day as they bring you the best fantasy draft strategies. Find Locked On Fantasy Baseball wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Thank y'all so much for listening and subscribing. And until next time, don't forget to enjoy opening day baseball.